The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Sunday, May 2nd, ahead of tomorrow's matchup where the Hawks welcome the Portland Trailblazers into town. The Hawks did have a three-game losing streak, which started with the loss to the Detroit Pistons, which we covered on the last episode. And then they dropped back-to-back contests versus the 76ers up in Philly. But they ended the skid last night versus the Chicago Bulls with a huge second-half performance. And we're going to dive into all of this after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back talking about the 76ers matchup. Going into that two-game series versus Philly, we all knew it was going to be tough. And then the injury report, which we all closely watched daily, hourly, to see who was going to be available against Philly. And and if you are a Hawks supporter, which listen to this program, I hope you are. And if not, you just enjoy NBA basketball, welcome to the program. But... Whoever was going to be healthy versus Philly was going to have to play above themselves to give us a chance. And, well, let's just say that both games left something to be desired. Wednesday's matchup versus the 76ers had Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, K. 
Cam Reddish, and Tony Snell all out. And the Hawks starting lineup would go as follows. Goodwin, Lou Will, Solomon Hill, John Collins, and Clint Capella. The game wasn't close at all. The Hawks shot horrendously from the floor as they shot a miserable 33% from the floor and they went 31.6% from the three-point line. John Collins, as he should have been, was the leading scorer for the Hawks on Wednesday night, but his impact in the scoring column did not spark a huge effort from the rest of the team. Solomon Hill and Skylar Mays, the LSU product, shout out, were the two other leading scorers for the Hawks that game. And undermanned once again against one of the top two teams in the East in Philadelphia, it just was not going to cut it. And that night, in a game where Hawks fans will most likely jot that game out of their memory, Philly shot 54% from the floor and 44% from three-point range. And everyone who touched the floor for Philly scored. It was a great ball movement for Philadelphia as they had 29 team assists compared to 17 for Atlanta. And defensively, they were extremely stingy there. They forced 15 Hawks turnovers. Philadelphia had 12 steals, and it led to 30 fast break points for the 76ers. And at one point, Philly had a 46-point lead over Atlanta. The Hawks never led that game as they lost 127 to 83, and it was the Hawks' lowest offensive output for the season. Miserable night, miserable night. But then Friday night came a new day, new opportunity with Trey Young and Tony Snell available. The Hawks would break the century mark, shoot better, but the result was still the same. No bogey, no herder in that game, still no hunter, no reddish. Lots of turnovers for the Hawks again that night, leading to many Philadelphia fast break points. The Hawks could not protect the paint as they allowed 68 points in the paint from the 76ers. The Hawks did as, have as much of a 13-point lead in the first half, but then Philly got on a roll and never looked back. And despite a great performance from Trey Young, who scored 32 points on 19 shots, another double-double for Capella, a combined 28 points from Danilo Gallinari and Oyeko Okongwu. Shout out Okongwu. Go ahead, rookie. Philly just had more offensive firepower that night as they had seven players in double digits. And even though the Hawks were statistically better on the defensive end on a Friday night, it still wasn't enough. So I'm going to ask, what did we learn from the Philly series? Personally, I'm going to say it's somewhat skewed because the Hawks just didn't have the bodies available to compete with the 76ers in both games. What else did we learn? Something, well, we didn't learn this. This is something I'm going to continue to say on this program until I see it. We just flat out need more from John Collins. And games where the Hawks have a long list of players who are unavailable, he has to be featured more. And he has to rise up to the occasion. I know he's still coming back from injury, but it is no excuse, especially if he is the max contract player that he perceives himself to be. You have to rise up to the challenge, accept the challenge, and go and get what's yours. And when you are 
the best player on the floor for Atlanta, you have to show up. You have to score. You have to grab rebounds. You have to knock down threes. You're going to just have to just be great. You got to be great against those great teams. And unfortunately, in I've seen it for a lot of Hawks Twitter, there are times where people forget he's on the floor. And that's not good if you're a max contract player or supposed to be coming into this money this offseason. So we got to get more from John Collins. It's just, we just got to. We're going to need him down the stretch and we're going to need him in playoff series, depending on the matchup. We're going to need him. So Collins has to get it going. What else do we learn from this Philly series? We're still a tier below Philadelphia. I know, trust the process has been going on for a while in Philadelphia. Uh, several years now since Embiid and Simmons have entered the NBA. Philadelphia made just as many changes, if not more this offseason than Atlanta. But this Philadelphia 76er team, especially defensively, is a team that's constructed to go to distance. I mean, they have a defensive identity. I mean, you have a DPOY candidate in Ben Simmons and when healthy, Embiid is very dominant in the paint, protecting the rim. And it helps to have the, uh, Dwight Howard off the bench. So you have the defensive identity. You have the shooting. You have the depth. You have a championship-winning coach in aggressive front office. Right now, we're certainly chasing Philadelphia right now. We're probably going to be chasing them as they're probably going to be one of the standards and the staples in the Eastern Conference for the next several years. But as bad as those two games were, there were some bright spots for Atlanta getting Trey back, him playing well. This matchup more spoke to how good Philadelphia is than how far away we are from Philadelphia as a franchise. Like I said, even with the lack of bodies that we had to throw at them, I mean, and there are very few times this year where the Hawks have just been handled by teams. Like the two matchups versus the Utah Jazz, the Spurs game at home, Nuggets on the road. There have not been many times where the Hawks were just beat like they were in those two games versus Philadelphia. So I'm not going to put too much stock as far as on the Hawks in in those two losses. But Philly's a very good team. And they're a team that I expect to be competing for an Eastern Conference title and maybe pushing for the NBA Finals this year with their defense and just the shooting and depth that that team has. And it helps that you have Doc Rivers, who's been there, done that, as far as winning an NBA championship as a head coach. So, as bad as those losses were, I'm fine with it because we are remaining constant in our positioning in the standings right now in the East. And things will turn around for the Hawks. Well, once the second half of last night's game started, then the Hawks were turning around. So we're going to talk about that Bulls matchup coming up and as well as games to round out the month of May going into the playoffs. Yeah, that first half of the program was pretty somber. But those two games versus Philadelphia were very somber moments as far as when you look at the whole season for the Hawks outside of the slew of injuries. This was probably one of the worst moments of the season for the Hawks. But the Bulls game happened last night. And if you watched that Bulls game last night, you were probably like, 
for the first half, like, what the hell? The Bulls have so many players out. We're not playing to our potential. We're relatively healthy this game. Again, what the hell? And then the third quarter happened. Ball movement started to happen. The Hawks played better on defense, and they took over in the second half to close out in a must win. And I'm going to talk about that right now. Last night, after dropping three straight games leading up to the matchup versus the Chicago Bulls, that Bulls game was a must win. The Hawks could not afford to lose a game against an undermanned Chicago Bulls team. Not at this time right now. Right now, the Bulls are just competing for lottery positioning right now. Hawks had to respond, and they did. They had to, with especially when we talk about the road ahead to end the season and to keep the Hawks from relegating to a play-in tournament spot after being outscored by 14 points in the second quarter last night. The Hawks would outscore the Chicago Bulls 28-12 to in the third quarter. And from there, the Hawks would close it out in the fourth quarter, which led them to a huge win here at home. Trey Young did his thing last night, 33 points, 7 assists. Bogey returned to the lineup, and he scored 15 points, sorry, grabbed 6 rebounds and dished out 5 assists. John Collins had a double-double with 13 and 10. Clint Capella as well had a double-double with 20 and 11. Was it a pretty win last night? No. But a win is a win, and right now, that is all that matters. You have to beat the beatable opponents on your schedule. The Bulls, without Vooch, without Levine, they're, and I'm sorry to say this to Chicago Bulls fans, if you're listening to this, you were the inferior opponent last night. You were not supposed to win. Hawks were a seven-point favorite to win the game last night. And if you're the Hawks, you have to get wins against winnable opponents, and you have to get wins to close out the season. With the Hawks getting healthier, with seven games left, they're going to have to grind out this stretch coming up, leading up to the postseason. Right now, the Hawks sit at fifth in the Eastern Conference standing still. Even with the three-game skid, we are very fortunate to still be at fifth after having a three-game losing streak right now. Hawks have a record of 35-30 and 30 right now. They sit a game back from the New York Knicks, who, to end the season, they have the tougher strength of schedule. But the Hawks' schedule is not a cakewalk as well. As I mentioned tomorrow, the Hawks will take on Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers here in Atlanta. The Hawks dropped their first contest earlier this season to the Blazers in January on the road. Right now, the Blazers are sitting at 7th in the Western Conference right now, and they're currently taking on the Boston Celtics today before traveling down to Atlanta. So we're going to get the Trailblazers on the second out of a back-to-back, while the Hawks today have a rest day. Portland is currently on a three-game winning streak, including a huge win on the road versus Brooklyn, and they're looking to maintain their playoff positioning right now as well. So this will certainly be a tough matchup as both the Hawks and the Blazers have something greater to play for and they're trying to maintain position in their respective conferences. I know the Hawks trying to avoid a play-in tournament, and I'm sure that the Blazers would not be upset if they happen to be sixth and not have to play those extra games. As I talked about on the last program, the Hawks need to avoid a play-in tournament situation 
to hopefully continue to save some of the legs of the players, give them a little bit more time to get some players healthy as the playoffs are rolling in. Right now, the Trailblazers are healthier than when the Hawks played them last. As everybody remember, McCollum had a huge first half when we played against them up in Portland and then missed the second half against the Hawks. Yusuf Nurkic was not available that game, and now he is available. And as long as you have Dame Dalla in your lineup, it'll be tough sledding when you go against the Portland Trailblazers. On the flip side of that, the Hawks are getting healthier too, and they're going to be looking to defend home court as they've played well this year defending home court, which is one of the things I talked about early in the season is that in order for the Hawks to be a playoff team, they're going to have to be as close to 500 on the road and they're going to have to have a winning record at home. Right now, the Hawks are 19-11 at home this year, which is the best home record in their division, in the Southeast Division, out of Miami, Charlotte, Washington, and Orlando, who's already eliminated from playoff contention. And the Hawks are currently 16-19 and 19 on the road. Three games below 500. That's still not bad. Not bad a record at all. So... They're just doing better, especially protecting home court. So it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Portland Trailblazers, who I didn't say got a relatively easy win because that game came down to a couple possessions down the stretch, just like the matchup I'm going to talk about on Wednesday versus the Phoenix Suns, the previous matchup where the Hawks played them. them that came down to a couple possessions in the fourth quarter. So late game execution is going to be crucial in this matchup tomorrow night. And I'm really, really excited to see this team compete. And I'm hoping that the Hawks are shifting gears as May is here, that each game they play is a quote-unquote playoff game, a playoff matchup. So heightened intensity, greater focus, greater attention to detail, closing out games, greater intensity on a defensive end, continue to build that continuity, get people healthy, figure out which lineups you're going to roll out uh, with the luxury of having more players healthy now outside of the couple that are still out. We don't know when Hunter's going to come back. We don't know when Reddish are coming back. They've been doing drills, but their timetable has still not been set as far as we're going to return to play. But it's going to be crucial for the Hawks to take it a game at a time. The Hawks will welcome in, as I said before, the Phoenix Suns in the town on Wednesday night, who themselves are playing exceptional basketball right now behind Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. Right now, the Suns are the two-seed in the West. And again, as I mentioned on the last program, head coach Monty Williams must be in the discussion for a coach of the year. Nate McMillan does too, but I digress. The Hawks will be taking on Phoenix, who themselves will be on the second out of a back-to-back as the Phoenix Suns will take on the Cleveland Cavaliers on Tuesday before flying down here to Atlanta. The Hawks must take advantage of that as well and prepare for a battle. That Suns team is tough, especially when you're led by Chris Paul, who's a tough individual, very smart point guard, and just a great floor general. When you have a guy like him leading your team, it's always going to be tough sledding. Just like the matchup tomorrow night versus Dame. When you have Dame leading your team, you're you're going to be a tough team. Their identities, their toughness is really contagious. And it just flows to the other players on, the, on that roster. So, 
As I said before, the previous matchup versus Phoenix came down to a couple possessions in the fourth quarter for the Hawks to lose it. So I'm hoping that the Hawks have learned from their mistakes in that matchup versus Phoenix. And they go out and steal this one and continue to build on some more confidence down the stretch as the season draws to an end. The regular season draws to an end. The Hawks will end the week with a back-to-back of their own. After playing Phoenix on Wednesday, they'll travel up to Indianapolis for the rubber matchup versus the Pacers. Right now, the Pacers are currently sitting at ninth in the East in, in a play-in tournament position. So that will not be an easy matchup as well as the Pacers are trying not to relegate out of play-in tournament contention right now. And with the Hawks beating them in the last matchup and then the Pacers uh, blowing them out, in the first matchup when they came down here to Atlanta, this will be a very intense, a very hard, hard fought game. Nick McMillan with some added motivation going against his former employer to show them, hey, this is what you missed out on. Look at my team. Look where we are in the standings. But coaches coach, players play, and the players are going to have to be ready for the Pacers with Brogdon looking well, Levert, Sabonis, Miles Turner. That's a good team still in Indiana. And they're going to be a tough out in the play-in tournament, so the Hawks are going to certainly have to be ready. So they have to give their all on Thursday night, and they certainly have the luxury to do that. Hopefully you want them to give their all every night, but after playing that game on Thursday night, the second out of a back-to-back, the Hawks will get several days off as their next game after that game versus Indiana on Thursday will not be until next Monday where the Hawks... We'll have a two-game series here at home versus the Washington Wizards, who are also playing really good basketball right now and find themselves in playoff playing tournament seating at 10th before the Hawks round out the schedule for the regular season versus the Magic and the Rockets. So the Hawks have to take it one game at a time as, as right now our sights are set on this matchup tomorrow, that's going to be an exciting competitive matchup versus the Portland Trailblazers here in Atlanta. And as I said before, this will be a crucial stretch of five games coming up. If the Hawks can go three and two in a stretch, it should hopefully let them avoid the playing tournament and keep a top six seeding so they can get a little bit more rest going into the playoffs. But this is why we play the game. So I'm really excited for that matchup tomorrow against the Trailblazers. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. Share it with fellow Hawks fans and NBA basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow myself at Brad Jarrett 67 on Twitter. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7 on Twitter. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. It's going to be a fun one. We're revving up here at the HoopBallHawks studio. We're going to be putting out more content after playoffs come around. And just like Green Day, I'm hoping that when the Hawks come around, we can get some dubs and build on some good foundation going into the offseason. So with that, yeah.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.